selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, buying the block back, selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, buying the block back. Hey Sacramento, it is Wednesday. How is everybody doing? Welcome to Selling Sacramento on the radio. 97.5 FM, KDEE. It's been two weeks since we've been on the air. The station has been getting some beautiful upgrades. I'm excited about today's show. I always say I'm excited about the show, but it's because I am. We're going to be talking about probate and you've all heard it in some way, shape, or form, our guest today is going to give us the full rundown from start to finish on what the probate, how it's triggered, um, how to avoid it, what the process is. So stay tuned to today's show. If you are someone that's going through probate or you're thinking that probate might be the next step. If you know someone who has died without a will, go run right now, get a pen and paper because the show today is for you. I wanna first start by reminding you that we are on Facebook Live right now. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Periscope, we're on Twitter, Selling Sacramento, hashtag Selling Sacramento to find us. And um, also, I want to share a very timely story about probate that we all are aware of this person because he passed away not long ago. However, I don't know if we all know that when he passed away, he passed away without a will. I am talking about our beloved T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman. Yes, the Black Panther himself. He died without a will. And I want to read this article to you from AboveTheLaw.com by Corey Robinson. Chadwick Bozeman's death is a reminder to implement an estate plan. Bozeman, who acted in the movies Black Panther, 42, and Marshall, had been diagnosed with cancer several years before his death. Chadwick Bozeman, the actor who played the, the character in Black Panther, died in August at the age of 43. He succumbed to colon cancer having been diagnosed in 2016. Bozeman, like many, died intestate, that is, without a last will and testament. Anyone over 18 needs a last will and testament regardless of their net worth, regardless of their familial structure or liabilities. For many, the first time they hire an attorney is to seek estate planning documents like a last will and testament, power of attorney, or healthcare proxy. It's surprising when celebrities, such as actors and singers, individuals who are surrounded by lawyers and who've often accumulated a lot of wealth, do not have these necessary documents. But then again, procrastination and fear know no boundaries. Just as tragedy strikes all walks of life. Bozeman's wife, Simone Ledward, has petitioned the California courts to be named the administrator of her husband's estate. Can you imagine having to do that? 
Bozeman and Ledward, who had dated for five years, they married in early 2020. The marriage gives Ledward the standing to petition the court for control of the estate, and it also positions her as the estate's sole beneficiary, as Bozeman doesn't have any children. For those with illnesses, particularly terminal conditions, marriage can sometimes be a tool to address estate issues. Marrying an individual gives that person standing to make healthcare decisions during one's lifetime and in certain circumstances to petition for control of one's estate when there is no will. If a spouse is excluded from a last will and testament, that spouse has standing to object to the last will as the surviving spouse. Marriages prior to death are sometimes not even known to the extended family and more distant relatives who may question the validity upon discovery. The existence of a spouse may displace distributions to surviving parents or more remote relatives. A spouse will also diminish the child's share of an estate, an issue that arises sometimes with, the, uh, with second marriages. In Bozeman's case, although he does not have children, he does have two surviving parents. Had he died without a last will and testament prior to his marriage, his parents would inherit his estate. Bozeman's estate is valued at almost $1 million, but this just refers to the probate estate, meaning assets without a joint owner or a named beneficiary. Additionally, monies held in trust pass pursuant to the terms of the trust agreement. Fighting a progressing disease is arduous from both a physical and emotional perspective. Many ill clients are unable or unwilling to address the ideas required to implement an estate plan. And as such, wills and trusts never get signed. This results in additional administrative tasks, time and resources. It is therefore imperative that we address the need for these important documents when we're healthy right. and when they are no longer looming emergencies. And besides the Black Panther, Bozeman also played the title role in Marshall, the biopic about the first African-American Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. Justice Marshall once famously said, we cannot play ostrich. His wise words may just as well be applied to each of our realities and knowing that we must plan for incapacity and death. We cannot ignore or hide from the inevitable. At 42, in 42, Bozeman played baseball legend Jackie Robinson, who stated, a life is not important except in the impact it has on others' lives. As such, leaving an organized estate plan that expresses one's wishes is the greatest legacy one can leave for loved ones. I want to introduce you to our guest today, Ms. Delanda K. Coleman. Hello, hello, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to get you here. It has been predestined for us to meet, for you to be on the show, because there have been so many times where we were supposed to connect and didn't or connected and missed each other, so on and so forth. I am excited about your wealth of knowledge that you're bringing to the show today. I appreciate the access that you give 
to people of yourself to get to that knowledge. You guys, this lady right here is a powerhouse. If you don't know her, you're going to get to know her today. Her enthusiasm, her energy, her love, her passion. It's all going to come through on today's show. I'm going to read her bio. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and it's going to be the Miss Delanda Coleman show. you <laughs> Attorney Delanda K. Coleman was born and raised in Sacramento, California. She's the youngest of nine children, the second attorney among her siblings. Hey, a wife of almost 25 years, a mother of three and grandmother of nine. Y'all know Black Don't Crack. If you're watching this show right now on Facebook Live or anything on the social media, there's a beautiful woman right here. Attorney Coleman attended John F. Kennedy High School, and thereafter, she accepted employment with the state of California. During her tenure with the state of California, Attorney Coleman graduated with highest honors from Sacramento City College, graduated magna cum laude from University of Phoenix, and made fourth year dean's list at Lincoln Law School of Sacramento. In 2007, Attorney Coleman founded the law offices of Delanda K. Coleman, PC. Since that time, she's provided legal services in the, area of this, in the areas of estate planning, which include drafting wills, living trusts, durable powers of attorney, and advanced health care directives, probate and trust administration, guardianships and conservatorships, and real estate and tax law. She does it all. In addition to her professional career as an attorney, Attorney Coleman is an ordained minister and has mentored countless teenage girls through the community. Welcome again. When we come back from the break, you all are going to hear from Ms. Coleman. She's going, she's going to give us the rundown again from start to finish as it pertains to probate. If you'd like to follow the show online and ask questions, you can do that. Because the studio has done some upgrades, we are not yet connected for you to be able to call in. But I encourage you to go to your social media. If you have a, a question that you'd like Ms. Delanda to answer live on the air, we'll do it over the air. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we'll be right back. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we are Selling Sacramento. And on today's show, we have Miss Delanda K. Coleman. I had said before, Esquire. Would that be appropriate? Yes. Okay. Esquire, y'all. We are talking about, the, the name of today's show actually is Probate 101 and how to avoid it. And before we went on break, I shared with you all an article about Chadwick Boseman and how he died without a will. And I want uh, Miss Delanda to tell us a little bit about how she got into this profession, and then we're gonna get right into probate. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Keith, for having me on the show. Um, it's my honor and privilege. And if any of you know me and you've heard me speak, I am so passionate about this and I'll explain why. I'll never forget age 18, I was working for CalPERS and I work in the death benefits unit. And while working in the death benefits unit, I received a telephone call. It was a family of five children. One of the children was, was acting as a spokesperson for the family. She was only about 18 years old. 
and she was calling to report the death of her mother. And um, with CalPERS, you fill out a beneficiary designation form. And if you don't have one on file, the law dictates who your beneficiaries are. Well, the children, their mother who passed away and their father were estranged. They had not seen their father in years, mm. but the mother and father were still married. Wow. So all of the mother's retirement benefits went to oh. this estranged father. Oh and I literally could remember crying then. And whenever mm -hmm. I share the story, I literally, I, I began to just kind of shake within my skin Yeah. because the mother could have done a legal separation just to cut off his entitlement, mm -hmm. father's entitlement. Mm -hmm. um, she could have filled out a new beneficiary designation form mm -hmm. so that he would not have received anything. And from that date at age 18, and that was many years ago, I began telling people about the importance of just simply filling out a beneficiary designation form. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about that, many of us will go to a bank and we'll open up an account. We don't think to ask for a beneficiary designation form. Right. So even when we pass away something as simple as a bank, um, a life a insurance policy, mm -hmm. we don't have a backup person name. So mm -hmm. that's what got me into where I am now, where I was doing it for free. I was sharing with people for free right. how to get their affairs in order. And I knew that the legal way to do it would be to go through law school. And now I can do it as a profession and um, just really grateful. So that's where, wow. how I got to where I am now. And you are super passionate about it. And it shows because based on your story that it came out, it grew out of yes. your passion for wanting to help people without even being paid for it yes. at first. Yes. I love that. I love that behind that. And how, what is it that triggers? Well, give us a basic, is there a basic definition of what a probate is? And so I want to, we're going to, we're going to get to probate, but what I want to do before we talk about probate, mm -hmm. um, so there's different parts of probate. And so one part of probate is after we die, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that probate is happening every day while we're alive. Mm -hmm. Explain that. What, okay. what do you mean by that? Because this is the first time I've heard that. I'm glad. So I'm glad to, sh to share this information. So if I asked um, Yuki, mm -hmm. um, and let's act like you don't have any estate planning documents in place. Mm -hmm. And I asked you, if you became incapacitated, and remember, I'm a minister, so I don't speak death. This is a hypothetical, right? Okay. If you became incapacitated and you could not make medical decisions for yourself mm -hmm. and you do not have any legal documents in place. I know where this is going. Okay. My question is, who has the legal authority, the legal authority to make medical decisions for you? I would assume that it would be my children because I'm not married. Would that be correct? No. Who would it be? No one has the legal authority. So legal authority comes from designating. You, designating. So it's as simple uh, as an advanced healthcare directive. Oh, wow. So the part Even that, like right now, at this right moment now, in my life. Today. Listen, an advanced healthcare directive has nothing to do with your assets. Uh -huh. And nothing to do with me being sick. You I need to put it in place before it happens. Exactly. So I'll tell you what happens when someone gets sick and they're incapacitated. And it could have happened in Chaswick Baldwin's case. Mm -hmm. You become sick. Say his new wife wanted to make medical decisions for him. But say his parents wanted to make other medical decisions. Right. Neither one had legal authority. Mm -hmm. So the probate court comes into place. Now someone has to file a petition for conservatorship mm -hmm. and spend thousands of dollars. Most of the time they'll hire an attorney. There's court fees, the probate investigator fees. 
to allow for the court to appoint you to make medical decisions, mm -hmm. say for your child to make medical decisions for you, she would have to go through court. Mm -hmm. If the doctors would not just humbly accept her as being a person who wanted to make medical decisions. So it sounds like, so the medical directive is a tool yes. to help avoid getting to the point of probate. Exactly. So what other tools, because we kind of reversed the questions that I was going to ask you, mm -hmm. <laughs> but let's just talk about the tools yes. to avoid the probate. And I'm glad we started there because many people think, I don't have any assets. I don't have a home yet, mm -hmm. right? But if, when the second we become 18 years old, and you said it earlier, it's the time while we have our mental capacity to put that tool and advance healthcare directive in place. Mm -hmm. It's a free form. We can get it from our medical providers. Mm -hmm. You can get it online. It's a free form that we fill out, and we have two people witness. Now, I think I was watching a, a presentation that you were giving on a Zoom conference call one time, and you gave, you provided a website. I can provide to, it again. Okay. It's so, just, do you have it with you now? Mm -hmm. Go ahead yeah. and share that. So, it's just a Sacramento um, Public Law Library. Mm -hmm. And so, it's saclaw.org. Saclaw.org. Mm -hmm. And they look up the word. You just go to forms mm -hmm. and you type advanced healthcare directive. Okay. Or when you click on forms, it might be right there, but it's a form that you print for free. Okay. I will tell you now that without that form, and especially we're dealing with COVID, someone could be temporarily incapacitated, unable to make medical decisions. There can be a conflict between children and parents, mm -hmm. new spouse, adult children. As soon as there's a conflict, the doctor's saying, who has the power? Mm -hmm. And if no one has the power, then they go to probate court. Mm -hmm. But that free form was free with two free witnesses wow. signing it will save you thousands of dollars in probate court. I will tell you that the minimum fee, including court fees, probate investigator fees, attorney fees, is over $3,000 for someone to get appointed as your agent over an advanced healthcare directive. So that's tool number one. So I'm thinking about, so as you're talking about how much it would cost and that being an issue, the other issue is that if you've got family members fighting over what to do with you, that's a heartache as well. Exactly. So you exactly. avoid that, that conflict. Like because you, you designated, you've appointed, you literally took the power away from the court. You are appointing an agent to make medical decisions for you. Mm -hmm. So it, it stops the fight. Mm -hmm. And let me just share this. Not only in an advanced healthcare directive do you appoint an agent to make medical decisions, and you should also always appoint an alternate mm -hmm. in case something happens to the first person you appoint. You can also designate what you want to happen with your final remains. So you can say, I want to be cremated. Mm -hmm. One earth ground burial because if you don't have that conversation, if you don't put that in writing and say your loved one chooses to cremate you mm -hmm. and your entire family believed in earth ground burials, mm -hmm. but you didn't put your voice in writing, that's another family conflict mm -hmm. that you could avoid it. This can also be done on that same healthcare directive. Advanced healthcare directive. Advanced. So that's tool number one, the advanced healthcare directive. And then one more part about the advanced healthcare directive, you can des you can state whether or not you want life support. Right. Oh, so if you're incapacitated, say you're um, brain dead, irreversible coma, or you're going to pass anyway, do you want life support? The saddest thing that I have found is when you leave it to someone else to make that decision, you think it's so tough for you to make it, mm. but you're going to pass that burden on to someone else and mm. they have to decide whether or not to leave you on life support. That's, as they're already dealing with you not being well. 
But just imagine the family being in conflict. Someone yeah. said, leave her. I believe she's going to make it. Mm -hmm. And the other one says, no, she wouldn't mm -hmm. want to suffer like this. And you're just And I've conflict. heard of that happen. But that's not like it's a hyper, super hypothetical. That's it's like real time day. stuff. It's yeah. every single, and especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. Every single With day. With COVID happening. And, yeah. oh. That's tool number one. Okay. So listen, we're not even dead yet. I we're know, alive. I know. <laughs> and we're talking about probate right you're okay. right and then listen after you go to probate and you file a petition for conservatorship then the court supervises you taking care of your loved one you have to account for to the court for just caring for your loved one mm. the next tool is a durable power of attorney we've all heard of it right mm -hmm. durable power of attorney it sounds so familiar let's go back to it you're incapacitated you have a mortgage to pay, you have rent to pay, you have car notes to pay, utilities to pay. Your bank account is in your name. Mm -hmm. If you are incapacitated, who can walk into the bank and manage your account if you have no durable power of attorney in place? Mm. Not if you didn't. Well, look, I, I, I've caught on early. Not if you don't have it in writing. Exactly right. I'm not failing any more of your tests. <laughs> but if you, so here's what happens. If we don't have a durable power of attorney in place, we become incapacitated. Mm -hmm. The bank is not going to let your daughter walk in there and handle right. your bank account. It just so doesn't work that the way. durable power of attorney, would it supersede if you did get the document from the bank, if you open the account? And then you put someone else on there as the recipient of your, it, does that supersede or does do they need to? So let me just work? share this. I'm glad you said that. Please, for yourselves, do not add anyone to your bank account. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just use you, Key, as an example. Mm -hmm. Let's say Key to circumvent, hypothetical, mm -hmm. that you didn't get a durable power of attorney. You and your daughter, you guys are so close. And so you add her to your bank account. Mm -hmm. Your daughter gets in a car accident. Your daughter owns student loans. Mm -hmm. Your daughter owes IRS tax debt. Oh, they with her social security that. number attached to your account. Mm -hmm. Now they take your money. Mm -hmm. So why go that route? Mm -hmm. I have three children that I love. My daughter is my ace, boom, coon, as you would say. She's not on any account. Never has been on any account. Mm -hmm. Right? That's good to know. I don't think people they don't know that. We don't think that out like that. Not and I can all. tell you of situations where I've advised people don't do that, right? Mm -hmm. Don't add anyone. And to this day, I'm going to be transparent. To this day, there was a lady who I've known for many, many years. She doesn't speak to me anymore. I asked her not to do that. Mm -hmm. She did it. And I'm not sure if it was the IRS or a student loan, but they came and took thousands and thousands of dollars out of her account. And she's not speaking to you because yeah. you told her what was right? She said she should have put the money under her pillow or under her mattress. Why circumvent? Mm -hmm. Have an account, have a durable power of attorney in place, appoint an agent. So should you become incapacitated, that agent is not an owner on your account. Right. They only have the authority to make sure that your bills are getting paid and to handle your financial affairs. Mm -hmm. They can talk to your mortgage company. They can talk to your HOA. They can talk to your insurance company. But without that durable power of attorney in place, there's no one who can do it. And guess what? They're back in that same probate court. Right. They're still alive. Mm. But they're back in that same probate court. And when you do a when you um, file in a petition for conservatorship of the estate, mm -hmm. you're spending even more money. Right. And then the time, because you got to get on the court calendar to be talking to the court about all these issues. Oh, and don't let it be an emergency. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to file a double petition. You're going to file an emergency petition that you're going to pay an attorney for, mm -hmm. right? And pay the court additional fees for that petition. Mm -hmm. And then you still have your general petition that you're paying the attorney for and paying the court for. Mm -hmm. So you, we wait until there's an emergency and we're just doubling up the money. And let me tell you what happens when no one in the family has that kind of money, thousands and thousands of dollars to pay an attorney. The house ends up in foreclosure mm -hmm. because you now the, the bills haven't been paid. Right. 
Yeah. You can't afford to pay your mortgage and mom's mortgage. Right. So by the time, about time mom recovers or whoever that loved one is recovers, their house is in foreclosure. Right. Wow. Durable power of attorney. Online, saclaw.org. Free. 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 Listen. Look, Free. I know what my homework is after I leave from here. So I'll tell you, a durable power of attorney has to be notarized. And I, I can, if I can say it, I saw a notary um, who's watching today, Bridget Burrell. So shout out to Bridget. Contact Bridget if y'all need a mobile notary. She'll come to you. And she'll notarize it, mm -hmm. right? So you pay $15 for per signature. You have might have to pay if someone's traveling to you. Right. But I would rather pay someone $50 to travel to me if I couldn't get to them. Right. $15 for a notary. Right. That's $65 mm -hmm. versus thousands and thousands in probate court. Mm -hmm. Of which it's not a guarantee. That you're going to get appointed. Exactly. Oh. And then let me add, when you file a petition for conservatorship of someone's estate, you now have to post a bond. We ain't even dead yet. Not dead. Continue. Okay. So I'll let you come in. Sorry, we talked about health. We talked about finances and we're not dead. So I'm going to let you lead me to whatever. So, next so we got the health care directive. We got the durable power of attorney mm -hmm. as far as the two tools mm -hmm. to avoid probate. Probate while we're alive. While we're alive. Okay. Both of those documents expire at death. So the second you stop breathing, hey, any agents out there who are named as someone's agent under a durable power of attorney, do not touch a bank account or anything else after that person expires. Mm -hmm. You have no more authority. That authority is gone. Now, how do you give authority to someone after you've died okay. as a tool to avoid probate? So listen, all of us should have a will. Okay, and I'm going to talk about a will. Here's the problem with the will. First of all, will simply puts your wishes in writing. Okay, so you state your wishes in writing. You state who you want to, who you are nominating. Catch the word. You're nominating someone to petition the court, mm -hmm. back to probate court, to serve as your executor of your estate. Mm -hmm. You didn't give them the power. You just told the court, this is the person I want you court to approve. This is the person I want you to appoint court. Mm -hmm. But listen, the minimum probate fee for an attorney is over $6,000. That's based on the probate code. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include over $1,000 in court fees. Right, right. Okay. So you can do a will. You can put your wishes in writing. You can nominate an executor. You can state who your beneficiaries are. The sad part of it is it's probated. So if you don't mind your family going to court, then, you know, that's fine. The will's fine. How do we avoid probate court? Right. And many, pe many people have heard of this, but it's basically a, um, an, a revocable trust. So we can get a revocable trust in place where we can then appoint. We appoint. We say, court, we don't need you. We are appointing a trustee to administer my estate when I pass away. Mm -hmm. That's a lot more powerful mm -hmm. than having a will. And the revocable trust is something that they create, something that you create. Most people cannot create a revocable trust on their own. I'll tell you guys a funny story. So my brother and sister-in-law, they actually had a, um, they actually had a trust. And um, I had my daughter, I had her, I paid her $200 to copy their language, to type their language and fill in my name and my husband's name. It doesn't work like that. Mm. Their dynamics of their family is completely different than the, 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 um, the dynamics of my family. Mm -hmm. And so, so revocable trusts need to be custom to the individual situation. It really should be. Okay. It really should be. I, again, I tried to do it mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So, but the revocable trust, here's what I tell people when I do consults. I say that the revocable trust, I want you to visualize a box. And I want you to visualize the biggest box that I say I can visualize. So let's do a refrigerator box. We take the refrigerator out. This box is now called our trust. 
it's my trust, your trust. We all have our own, our, our own box. Mm -hmm. On the outside of the box, it's going to have your name. It's going to state whether you have children. It's going to state who you are appointing to serve as the trustee of your estate when you pass away. Not nominating. No. Nominate goes to court. Mm -hmm. You're going to appoint. You're telling the court, thank you, court. I know better. Mm -hmm. I don't need to give an attorney mm -hmm. 6000 plus dollars mm -hmm. or any of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to handle this myself. So you appoint your trustee. You should appoint a successor. So you might have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, because something could happen to the first person you appoint, right? Mm -hmm. So you appoint your trustees, and then you appoint you um, specify who your beneficiaries are mm -hmm. in your trust. So on the outside of that box, all of that language is there. Your name, your children's name, who your trustees are, who your beneficiaries are. But listen, an empty box serves no purpose. Mm -hmm. So then you have to transfer assets into that box. So if we have real property, we transfer our house, we change the title on our deeds, mm -hmm. and we title the property in the name of our trust. Mm -hmm. Got it. Our tangible personal property, cars, washer, dryer, refrigerator, there's a document that's called an assignment of tangible personal property that an attorney will prepare. Mm -hmm. We put all of our personal property in the box. Mm -hmm. Here's the beauty. Whatever you put in the box bypasses probate. The court cannot control it. Mm there's nothing to be probated. I love that explanation because you often hear people say, oh, you need to have a will. You need to have a will. And I think it's just out of hearing that so often, yes. not realizing that the trust is what uh, is more specific and helps you avoid having to go to court and have the courts decide what happens. Exactly. Now, I'll never forget in my, in my younger years before I became an attorney, you know, trusts are not expensive. Listen, I get free consults for 15 minutes. You can go online and schedule it. Don't want to talk prices here at all, but it's so inexpensive to get a trust. Yeah. But when I could not afford a trust, I had a will. Mm -hmm. And so start where you are. I would rather have a will mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and nominate who I want to administer my estate mm -hmm. and uh, um, specify my own beneficiaries mm -hmm. versus la allowing the probate court to take over that for me. Right, right. So uh, if you can't, if you're not ready for a trust, because even if you talk to me or you talk to another attorney, you can't afford it, um, start with a will. Mm -hmm. You can do a will for free. It's on that same website, mm -hmm. saclaw.org. Mm -hmm. Just remember it will be probated, but at least you put your wishes in writing. Right. And even to have it in a will format and to have to go to probate court still simplifies some things for sure because if you if you die without that and it goes ends up in probate then there are some decisions being made that you may not have wanted to have happen exactly but at least you get an opportunity and this is if you don't have the money yes but if you have the money to get a trust yes give us your website because i want those people who you said you're not going to talk prices. I want them to be able to call you and talk prices. Yeah. <laughs> they it's need so to know. Affordable. Yes. So affordable. What is your website? So it is www. So it's just like my name. It's D K Coleman law.com. And Coleman is C O L E. Yes, ma'am. M A N law.com. And if you are watching on social media, you can go to the social media page, Selling Sacramento on the radio or my Facebook page or anywhere where you find Selling Sacramento on the radio. And this episode, all of the links that Ms. Delanda shared, including her website, will be up by tomorrow. So if you want a reference and, you know, you can always call here into the station or uh, reach out to me at agentkey.com. 
and inquire about this information. And we'll be happy to get it to you because it is our goal to get our community in particular upright. And so this information that you're hearing today is to help serve that purpose. So the third tool is the trust. Yes. Any other tools that we should know about? I will share this with you. So even when we have a trust, we still have a will. Mm -hmm. Okay. The will is a backup plan. I call it the oops box. Remember I said the trust is a big refrigerator box. I want you to consider the will being like the size of a tiny jewelry box. Okay. Because whatever you leave out of your trust, oops, it's in the will. Oops, is going to go to probate court. Mm -hmm. But you're telling the court in your will that you want it to pour back over to your trust. Why? Because your trust is the document that identifies who your beneficiaries are. Mm. Let me give you the best example. Someone gets a trust. I prepare the trust transfer deed. We get the um, trust transfer deed recorded. Years go by. Interest rates are great. They refinance their property. The lender says you got to take your house out of the trust just for the purpose of refinancing. Right. The second that refinance records, you need to put your property back in the trust. Mm -hmm. But no, we're spending that money we pulled out when we were refinancing. We're not thinking about putting Mm -hmm. our house back in. Mm -hmm. God forbid you pass away. That house is not in the box. Mm -hmm. Remember, what's only whatever's in the box bypasses probate. Mm -hmm. But you took your house out. Mm -hmm. So now it has to go through probate court. Mm -hmm. And the proceeds of that property is going to end up back in the trust, but only after all of the probate fees are paid. Right. So you still have a will. It's a catch-all box. If, oops, you make a mistake Mm -hmm. and you leave any assets out of your trust. So there's seven documents I talk about. There's an advanced health care directive. There's a durable power of attorney. There's a revocable trust. And I have to tell you all, the legal term is revocable. We all say revocable. Revocable. I have to say that. I was talking to an attorney in Arizona or somewhere, and he uses the term properly. So I want you to know. but Revocable. (laughs) Yes. I got to work on that. That's kind of like when people say realtor. Uh-huh, yes. And I look at them like, no, no. Since realtor. <laughs> I understand. Revocable. Yes. I'll work on that. <laughs> but we use the term, and even the courts do, we use the term revocable. Mm-hmm. And it just means that you can amend it. You can revoke it. So again, advanced health care directive, durable power of attorney, your trust, a pour over will. That's what your will is called. It's called a pour over will. You have the assignment of tangible personal property where we put your personal property in the trust. You have your trust transfer deed. That's how we get your real property to your trust. That's recorded with whatever county your property is located. And then the last document that you would have is called a certification of trust. Here's why you have a certification of trust. Your trust has your children. If you have children, it has their dates of birth. It has personal information about who your beneficiaries are. But your certification of trust simply says, I certify I have a trust. You have to use this document um, to transfer assets into the trust and take assets out. You don't have to show anybody your personal trust. So um, we have questions that are being asked. We're going to take a break. I'm going to review the questions here, come back and ask those of you. This information is amazing. Again, everything that you're hearing, I'm going to go back through and put itemize the seven items put links where I can. Okay. And then if you have any other questions, you all reach out to Ms. DeLonda, go to her website, schedule a free consult, um, give her a call. She will help you out. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we'll be right back. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Buying the block back. 
Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and you're listening to Selling Selling Sacramento. Today's discussion, probate 101 and how to avoid it. My very special guest, Miss Delanda K. Coleman, Esquire. Ma'am, thank you so much for being here. She has given us so much knowledge and we only have an hour and even less than that. Um, but she's been able to jam pack some practical tools yes. within this time. And now we're going to actually talk about what probate is, how it gets triggered and how to avoid it. So I want you to take this last these last few minutes that we have together, because this is the part where I think people are more familiar with these scenarios and don't know what to do with them when they happen. Cause I get these kinds of calls all the time. And most of the time it's too late for me to do anything about it. And yes. I'm referring them yes. to you or, or look, I will be referring them to you. <laughs> so let's talk about what triggers probate because you just gave us those documents. So let's start with that. Well, you talk about what is probate. Mm -hmm. Can I start with that? Absolutely. What it is, yes. and we'll talk about what triggers it. So probate, think of this as a court supervised process. Pre-COVID, I would tell clients, go to probate court. You can actually go on Power and Road. Many of you know it's the family law court right there on, on Power Inn and Ramona. Um, and so you can actually go there and you, pre-COVID, you can go. But now you can actually log in on Zoom. You don't even have to have a court hearing. So when, if you reach out to me on my website and you schedule that free 15-minute consult, I will give you the Zoom link to just appear at 9 o'clock Monday through Wednesday just to the pro Monday through Thursday, just through a probate hearing, mm -hmm. and you'll watch it. But basically, so just to observe, to observe, observe it. Probate yes. Okay. And so you can watch it from the comfort of your own home via Zoom. And so here's what happens. Remember, we initially talked about you become sick. Mm -hmm. Talked about what triggers it. You become sick. Um, your loved ones are not agreeing at the hospital, or the doctors won't let them in. They just want someone to fax over a form saying who's appointed. But there's no advanced healthcare directive form. Mm. Trigger. Mm. Someone now has to petition the probate court for conservatorship. Here's the sad part. Now that we're in COVID, your hearing's not going to be three to four months out, but a medical decision needs to be made today, mm. next week. Trigger. Oh. So now you're paying for an emergency petition to hold you over until your regular hearing. And again, we talked about extra money, but that's the trigger. Mm. You become sick, there's no legal document in place. The medical provider will not allow you to make a decision because you have no authority. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, let me tell you where we got comfortable. Oh, I've been to the doctor with my mom and they'll listen. Or I've been to the doctor with so-and-so. Or they let me, you know, they talk to me about my husband's health. Mm -hmm. The second, first of all, legally, they don't have to. They're being nice. But let there be a family dispute. Two people don't agree. That's the biggest trigger you can, um, can find. Mm -hmm. Probate court. Mm. Okay, again, that's conservatorship of the person. Mm -hmm. And there is no avoiding this. There's no avoiding it. There is absolutely no avoiding it. The way to have avoided it would have been to do the document in advance. And you just pull it out. Mm -hmm. And here's what happens. You have an advanced self-care directive. You can get one done today, and it's not needed for 30 years. It doesn't have an expiration date on it. Mm. You pull it out in 30 years. You're sick for a week. Your agent acts for the week. You're better. You put it back away. Mm-hmm. You pull it back out. You put it back away. So that brings up a good point, too, because if I appoint someone today, but then 10 years from now, 
I'm not having a good relationship with that person. I probably need to remember <laughs> that yes. I've appointed them yes. and go and, and do another one or, you know. I encourage people to give a fireproof, waterproof safe. Mm -hmm. Your estate planning documents at Advanced Health Care Directive and the other documents we talked about will be in that safe. Mm -hmm. Once a year, you just go back and look through it. So that's what you recommend. And you see that name? You're like, that's oh my good goodness. Idea. That's the first time I appointed. That's a good idea. Because I'm trying to think, how would I... So just kind of put it in the calendar yes. to go through your important documents in your fireproof safe. Your, your beneficiary designation form mm -hmm. should be there. Life insurance, retirement. What are some other things that we do annually? Do we change our smoke alarm batteries annually? You're supposed to. So what? So kind of like I'm thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think practically now. So as you think about changing your smoke alarm batteries. At the same time, go through and review all your time. Or your spring cleaning, yes. right? There might be a time that you're off work for right. spring or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. So mentally calendar it with something else that you do annually. Yes. That's a great suggestion. So that's trigger for health. Mm -hmm. Trigger for finances. You become incapacitated. You're single, living that single life. All of a sudden, you're incapacitated. Only your name's on the account. Who's going to pay your bills? Mm. Trigger. Mm. That's the biggest trigger because a doctor might let you get away with making a medical decision unless there's a dispute, unless there's right, conflict right. in the family. But a bank is not going to let me touch. I don't care how close no. we are, Katie. Yeah, I can't go into your bank that. account. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't talk to your mortgage company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't talk to your homeowner's insurance company of your life. I can't talk to them. Mm -hmm. Trigger. Wow. A durable power of attorney, printing it for free off the computer and paying another $15 to notarize it. Well, I want someone to tell me who's listening. Tell me why. Give me a le legitimate reason why you haven't done it. Mm. I'm tired of guessing. I tell people how to do this stuff for free and they don't do it. Tell me, well, how can I help you? Right. Yeah. I would say for me, I just didn't know. I didn't know that it was necessary. I didn't know that it would trigger probate. I didn't know how to get to the information didn't know it was free and i don't i could be speaking am i speaking for some of you who are watching and listening are those your reasons because hopefully you take the next step that i am because when i finish this show i'm going to download those forms call up bridget burrell yes <laughs> and get those documents signed and get them and put them in my water safe proof that i already have there's no excuse after that especially if you have people who are dependent more importantly, if you've got people depending on you, if you have small children or if you have a spouse or if you know you're that person in your family that everybody relies on. I have to say this. You made me, when you said dependence, here's the other key. God forbid we pass away and we have minor children. Okay. Say mm. child's father's estranged, child's oh. mother's estranged, or say you both, I both parents pass at the same time. Who will your children go live with when you pass mm -hmm. away? The, ma the maternal grandparents, mom's parents love the children. Mm -hmm. The paternal grandparents love the children. Mm -hmm. You got aunties and uncles who love the children. Mm -hmm. You have adult children yourself who want their siblings. I see. Who will happen. the children go live with? 
in your will, you can nominate, it's still a nomination, you mm -hmm. nominate a guardian of your child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you might say, I want my child to go live with her, her adult brother or sister, but my, my child, that adult brother or sister is not ready to handle the finances. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So then you nominate a guardian over your child's estate. So say you left your child, that minor child, $100,000. Mm -hmm. You nominate someone to manage that $100,000. You can be very specific about all of those things. Because if you don't, I'm going to give you what I tell people. You and the child's father or you and the child's mother are no longer together. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is going to have authority over the, the child and the assets if you don't use your voice? Right. Yeah. And what if you are not, you've been clashing heads with that other person and then just by default? By default. Oh. So you put your voice in writing. I had a client really fast and I'll never forget this. And she said, said I can share it. Her children's father had been incarcerated for years. So when she did her nomination, she nominated her mother to be the guardian of her children. Mm -hmm. And in her nomination, she explained why she didn't want the father to be. Mm -hmm. So imagine this. She passes away. Father's now out of jail, out of prison. He comes to run to get the kids. But the grandmother, the deceased person's mom, runs to the corner and says, wait a minute. My daughter nominated me. I know he's a biological father, mm -hmm. but she nominated me. Here's her voice in writing. I can assure you. 99.9% .9 of the time, those children are going with maternal grandmother mm. because the court wants to honor what's best for the children. Mm. And we, as a mother, we put our voice in writing. I like the term, put your voice in writing. That's what it is. That, that, that's very, not only is it catchy, that's the fluffy side of it, but it just kind of hits home. And if you don't, there's a probate code about this, thick. Mm. that's a voice for you. It dictates. So, Really quick, I have to say this. We talked about trigger. Let's say we pass, we have no estate planning documents in place. Mm -hmm. We have a child that's either on drugs, an adult child on drugs, an adult child in prison. We would not leave that child our estate because we know if they're on drugs, they would use the money up. Right. Or if they're in prison, their money, the money might go to restitution. Or if they have a if they're on SSI because they have a, a, a disability, they will lose all their government benefits. Mm. When you put your voice in writing, you can avoid all of that. If you have a child who's on disability, you can do a special needs trust for that child so they never lose the government benefits they would have been entitled to. You have an adult child who you're estranged from who's on drugs, you're, that child's going to get part of your estate if you don't use your voice and say, no, I don't want to leave it to him or her. I see a lot of questions coming in from social media. We have one from Tara. She's, she's asking, what happens if you need to make changes to what's in the refrigerator box? Do you have to go through the entire process again? Not at all. But you do want to make your changes legally. So it's just an amendment to your trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's okay. an amendment to your trust. And so to get that amendment, they would just go back to their attorney and get. It's the, the, the most inexpensive way would be to go back to your attorney because we already have your information in our drafting system. Okay. That would be the most inexpensive way. Okay. So we now know what probate is. Court administered process where they supervise your entire, your life, your estate. For a fee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And if we can, how much time do we have? I do not have my glasses on. Five minutes? Stretch it five minutes. Okay, we got five minutes. Stretch it five minutes. <laughs> if we can, take us through the probate process. The, the timeline gotcha. is longer than what people might think, and probably even longer now because of COVID. 
So I think that we're saying probate after death. After we're death. After yes. death. Oh, y'all know. Okay. So there's probate before death, but we're talking now about probate after death. Okay. So you've passed on the you you've not left a will. We're just there, even if you leave a will, right? Because it still goes to probate even if you left. Yeah. A will. So you don't have the documents in place. You have a situation that has triggered probate after you've passed on. Okay. So you don't have a trust. Right. Okay. So you, you have a will, you're great, you put your wishes in writing, or you didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you pass away, let's say you have a house, okay, you have a car. Mm -hmm. When you pass away, someone's going to file a petition for probate. They retain an attorney because it is a, a technical process. When you file the petition, your hearing is three to four months out. That's just a, a lame duck period. You're waiting three to four months. Nobody has the house. No one can talk to the mortgage lender. Nobody can transfer the car. Mm -hmm. None of that. Mm -hmm. Three to four months, you're waiting for the court to appoint an administrator or an executor of your estate. Mm -hmm. Then the court appoints you. Now you got to wait another four months because once you're appointed, the property has to be appraised. You have to give creditors notice. Creditors have four months to file a creditor's claim. Mm -hmm. So let's say your hearing was four months out. Four months for creditor claims worth eight months. Mm. Now we're done and now you're ready to close the estate. Say you hold, you sold the house during that period. Now you file your petition to close the estate and this your hearing is four months out. Mm. So it can take you a year to minister someone's estate. Mm -hmm. And that's common. Mm -hmm. I, and I used to love it. We used to get through it about eight months. Now COVID, you're almost a year or more administering someone's estate. Wow. And during this time, listen, you don't have access for the first four months to the deceased person's bank account. Mm -hmm. Who's paying their mortgage? Right, right. Right? So a lot of this stuff is falling behind. Exactly. And it's the administrator's job to do what? So once they're appointed, once they're appointed, they're going to have a property appraised and the attorney's working with them, right? Mm -hmm. They're having the property appraised. They're giving creditors notice, right? They're making sure that they protect the assets. It might be that they're going to sell the personal property and liquidate the assets. Mm -hmm. It might be that they're going to sell the real property to liquidate the real property. Mm -hmm. Can't spend anything except mm -hmm. to pay creditors. The money just sits there until the court gives you um, the authority to distribute it, either in accordance with the terms of the will right. or in accordance with the terms of the probate code. Wow. So the administrator that's over all of this is taking on a responsibility to get all of this squared away. And I remembered you saying something, um, you said there's a, a set fee that the attorney has paid and it's it's actually in probate law. I'm gonna give it to you because I, I, love, I love people to be able to check me or double check me, mm -hmm. probate code section 10810. So you would have to do the math, but if an estate is valued at $166,250, and can you could tell, there's no house you can find right now in Sacramento. Yeah, in Sacramento. There's <laughs> less than that. So that means if you have a piece of property, your, your family's going to probate court mm -hmm. without a trust. Mm -hmm. So the minimum fee on a property valued at $166,250 is $5,980. That's the minimum an attorney gets because mm. it's based on percentages. Mm -hmm. You have a house worth $300,000, the minimum the attorney's going to get is $9,000. When mm -hmm. you go to that probate code and you do the math, you'll see it. But not only does the attorney get it, the administrator gets it. You might say, oh, well, that's okay. It's my daughter. It's my son. But what if it's not? What if you have a minor child and it's a relative who's going to petition the court to administer your estate? You just gave away $9,000 to someone plus the attorney fees mm -hmm. plus the court fees simply because 
He didn't have a trust. I want you to. Um, can you give your phone number? Do you want to give? Yeah, phone? sure. Okay. Give everybody your phone number. <laughs> best way, listen. Best way is go to the website, click on the on the top left, and schedule your own free fifteen minute. Right. Um, oh, you know what? Console. That is the best way. You, her website is very, very functional, very practical, very user friendly. Um, I like how you have it set up with the calendar thing to just schedule that. DKcolemanlaw.com. www.dkcolemanlaw.com. L-A-W.com. And is there anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with before we close out? So just really quick, we only release a number of appointments on our website. If you're like, I have to get it done before then, call the office. It's 916-896-0433. Again, 916-896-0433 and see if my assistant can squeeze you in. It's still free 15 minutes. It doesn't cost you anything. But again, if you want to do it sooner than the calendar allows you to do it, we can try to squeeze you in. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. She's a very busy lady, y'all, and I see her everywhere. I had to have her here. Thank so, you so thank much. you that she's here today. Miss Delanda K. Coleman of Delanda K. Coleman Law Esquire, y'all, in the house giving you the information that you need so that we don't have to do the car washes and the GoFundMes so that we can take care of and be squared away legitimately like we're supposed to. You've been listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I'm Agent Key. And remember that if you are doing what you were created to do, I will see you at the top. Hey, you guys. I hope you all enjoyed this information today. As, are there more questions? Let's see. Great show. You're welcome, Miss Tara. What happens if all is said and stoned with the trust? Do you have to change anything? If all is if all is well and you want it to remain the same, no changes and no changes. Can all remain as is? Yes. Okay. Proud of you, ladies, boss. Hey, Miss Karen. I love her. Hi, dear. Happy belated birthday. I missed all that, uh, but I saw it. I saw it. Got to visit her in Kansas City. Did you? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love her. Can an LLC be in a trust? Yes. Make that appointment, T. Make that appointment. She said yes. Cool. You're welcome. So, hey, you guys, we are going to get going. I need for uh, Miss Delanda to lean in so we can take our screenshot photo. Let me get this out of the way here. Is that? So we're just going to pose. I look tired. Maybe I am. <laughs> you look good, by the way. Don't even Girl, you look beautiful. Thank you, Miss Linda. She said, awesome info. I need to update my trust. What's the phone? 916 896 0433. 916 896 0433. Can I tell you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to type it in. 916 896. 0433. Law office. There y'all go. There you go. This was awesome. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. You're welcome. Thank you guys for watching. So lean on in a little bit this way. And we're just going to cheese. I don't know why I look so tired. <laughs> okay.
<laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for watching. Okay. Let me see. What's your <laughs> You look fabulous. <laughs> she is tripping, you guys. But that's okay. All right. You like that pose? Okay. We're just gonna hold it for five seconds. Maybe three. Is that good? Okay. All right. I'm gonna snack that one. Snatch it. What did you say, T? Any IRS law professional? I have tax law. Caller. Oh gosh, she says she's a tax attorney with a little hesitancy. Like she's not trying to. Just give her a call. Tell her what's going on. Okay. All right, you guys. We gotta go. We gotta go. See you later. See you next time. Bye.